guys, it's time for another episode of the MI Ice Guys, podcasting hard water fishing in the Great Lakes State. Hey, we're the MI Ice Guys. Chaz and Steph here today with you. Uh, we were hoping to have some of the other guys, but they're still winding down from the national championships. Yeah, uh, what did you, you hear, Steph? I heard, I heard it was close out there. Day one had some really close weights. And I believe Chad and Anthony were in first on day one. And I think they ended up third or fourth overall. Yeah, fourth, I think, is what I read Okay, that, uh, that they'd done. And then uh, Jake and Keith weren't far behind, and Myron and Dave were right in the no, back, it was, too. No, it was tight, tight weights, real close. I don't think nobody ran away with it. But they had to move one of the day's events to a different lake because they were having a similar problem to us piss poor ice yeah they didn't have very good ice over on elbow so they had to uh, move it to one of the backup lakes but they got they have a lot of nice lakes over there in minnesota as you and i well know <laughs> yeah yeah and no, they got for those, the temperatures to make really good ice yes early they've season. been a little more uh favorable on temperatures than being a little higher uh up on the globe than we are mm-hmm. here in uh lower peninsula michigan but we've all been praying for ice and dreaming of ice. <laughs> we get skim the ice, and then we get a little warm spell, and it <clears throat> blows it out. And then we get our skim ice back, and there it goes again. It's like, it's just like, she'll settle in here right around New Year's. And I was working and looking out the window this morning, and I saw the just light, drifty snow and 20-degree temperatures. And I'm like, yeah. oh, if hmm. it could only stay like this for a week. <laughs> We'd be all set. But here we are coming up on Christmas, and they're talking 45 degrees in rain uh, yeah. here in the Grand Rapids area. And we were just looking at the forecast, and Cadillac doesn't look much better. No, uh, I th- no. I think Lake Michigan's still pretty warm and warming up a lot of air as it comes across. So... Unfortunately, guys, uh, our crystal balls don't really tell us uh, that we have ice immediately coming. Now, I did talk to a good friend of ours up in Indian River, and he said that his little lake, Silver Lake, it's a little private lake out there, used to be a Boy Scout camp, they told us. And uh, they're getting ice. They've got ice, but they keep losing the edges when they get some of this rain and stuff. But hopefully the rain is not going to go that far north um, i talked to one guy in gaylord and he said that there's people sneaking out on the bays but he keeps hearing about guys going through uh, because it and they're going through right close to shore there's no wait for that surprise Mm-mm. so guys i think we're gonna have to wait a little bit and you're gonna have to be patient but i'm hoping that you guys get something good in your uh, stockings for christmas as far as ice fishing stuff. Um, last weekend, uh, our good friends from Sportsman's Dollar, which is a spinoff of K&E Tackle, they, they kind of specialize in some discount equipment and things like that. And old Jim had us up to do some seminars in Sand Lake, Michigan. Uh, an old abandoned storefront right next to the trading post there. And they're going to be keeping that going until mid-January. So if you guys are in the Grand Rapids area, especially on the north side, you can get some real deals if you want to wander over there into Sand Lake and 
downtown Sand Lake is not that long. Um, I think Steph and I can also recommend the Lakeside Inn uh, for breakfast, breakfast or lunch. Mm. Yeah. They, they, oh, chicken fried steak was on point. <laughs> so we had a great breakfast, went over and spent a day and had a really wonderful seminar. And one of the big things that people wanted to really review with us was some of our knots. And, you know, Steph and I kind of take it for granted because we've been doing it for years, but we were introduced to these European horizontal jigs probably before they got to the U.S., and over there, a lot of the Russian jigs are what they call hole in the head. So they don't have an eyelet. They have a hole, hole drilled right through the tungsten head. And it allows the jig to hang horizontal. Well, we said, how do you tie that? And they showed us. And then we came home and tungsten jigs started to come out here. And we had to figure out, how do you tie them here on the tungsten jigs that we buy here in the states all have an eyelet on them so if you guys want to see how this is done chad was kind enough to set and uh tie one and talk us through it and i videoed it and it's posted on miiceguys.com but steph you want to just quick talk them through how to do it and give them a rough idea of it yeah that what we like to do is tie that horizontal jig so it remains horizontal when you're fishing with it and jigging with it instead of tying like a fisherman's knot and watching it droop down and continue to slide on the knot we basically take the snell knot version and we call it a back snell where you come in from the back side of the eyelet where the hook's pointing towards come in that way snell it onto the hook yeah, and we're coming way, in and wrapping around the head. Yep. You're going out over the nose mm-hmm. of the jig. And then back down to the shaft of the hook and, and doing a snell. And yep. that holds that jig in that nice horizontal position. And if you got enough wraps on it, that line on there, too, also helps hold your, uh, if you're threading on a waxy or a spike, helps hold it on the hook a little bit differently. Yeah. And one of the things that Chad mentioned, because uh, he was tying on some really super fine line and uh, mm-hmm. some of the palm rod line, is that when you get into that stuff, and for for us guys here in Michigan, you know, you're down to one pound test stuff sometimes if you want to be super sensitive rod. You might want to, on that snell, when you put the tail through the loop, maybe put it through a second time. Give yourself a little more bite on there. And one of the things that I've learned from it is that don't trim your tail too tight. Give yourself a sixteenth, even up to an eighth of an inch of a tail off that snell. Because I I don't care who you are, when you tug on that thing, a fish tugs on it or you snag it in the bag or something, it's going to slide a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you don't want that tail to pop through and there you are jig in one hand line in the other or fish gone with your jig. That's a bad program. And uh, so we spent some time talking with the guys about that and the importance of changing your line and checking your line between fish. You know, you catch two, three fish on a tie. Mm-hmm. 
you might want to give it a look and see. Maybe you want to just quick clip that off and tie it again. Yep. It's quick insurance. And we brag, we sometimes brag about how long our plastics last. And we're like, man, I've been using this. I've caught like 30 fish on this plastic. Oh, wait, I haven't retied in 30 fish neither. And then you get that nice big one on, you get it right to the edge of the hole and quink. He waves goodbye. And there goes your plastic (laughs) and your jig. Yep. Because you didn't take that extra minute Mm -hmm. to stop and do that. So I guess one of the things that uh, some of you older guys are probably going to have to do is put some readers in your uh, ice suit. I know I do. (laughs) Now I've, I uh, had an experience that we went out on uh, big whitefish Lake and big whitefish. For those of you that know the lake, it's a considerable walk from the uh, boat ramp to our favorite secret hole. And it's almost a mile, I'd say, out across there. And we went with Chad's dad, Rocky. And if any of you guys know Rocky, Rocky likes to get up before the fish do. And he wants to get to big white fish while he can still get a parking spot close to the lake. And so we were out there in the dark. Mm-hmm. And big white fish is a big enough lake that I don't care who had their lights on on shore, it ain't helping. And I forgot my little headlamp, and I'm out there in the dark, retying, <laughs> completely blind. And that was a challenge, but I was able to do a back snow by feel in the dark. And I, I was pretty happy with that. But uh, I think I caught three fish and broke off, so I had to tie it again in the dark. But uh, practicing those knots, guys, it, it's it's a handy thing to do. And it's something you can do while you're sitting around with the family or mm-hmm. sitting at the dining room table. As we mentioned in our last episode, it's a really great time to get out there, grab some new line, and restring some of these rods and poles. Uh, that line does not last forever. Ultraviolet light from the sunlight breaks it down. Um, as we've mentioned, fish chew on it, so it gets brittle. It's banged around in the truck. Oh, you name it, it gets everything it gets abused. Yeah. Nicks and burrs, and and one of the things that I want to point out is you don't have to fill those rules. I'm, I know a lot of you guys have the uh, spinning reels, and a lot of people think that they got to fill that up. Honestly, think to yourself: When's the last time you had a fish take? 400 yards of line. <laughs> yeah. It just uh-huh. doesn't happen ice fishing. So maybe you only need to put 20 yards on that reel. And if you've got one of these horizontal line, you know, whether you got the black Betty that you went out and spent a small fortune for, or you took Steph and Chad's route and went and got a schoolie for $2, you know, and even stopper lures now over there at the sportsman's dollar, they've mm-hmm. got a, a schoolie version for yeah. I think two dollars. Put some backer on it. Steph's told the story in the past a rubber band. Yeah. Um that cheap Chinese line that's good for nothing else. <laughs> Load Leave the it on there and roll that. it up. Yep. <laughs> tie yourself a blood knot to tie seize those two together. And then now you've got a larger diameter if you want to have a better uh you know, take up per crank on that. 
Yeah. That sportsman's dollar, I think they're open from 10 in the morning to six at night. Yeah. Um, Is that Monday Mon- through Friday? Monday through Saturday. Saturday. Okay. They take Sundays off, and I got a feeling they're going to take uh, at least Christmas Day and yeah. uh, probably New Year's Day off. But I got a feeling they'll yeah. probably be open on the eaves. Like and it's worth open the drive through. to go up there to Sand Lake. And yeah, I think Jim said mid January. Mm hmm. They do got a nice selection of $1 tungsten jigs up there in that big box, too. So if you're looking for stocking stuffers, that's a, a heck of a thing. To, to, that's a just a, that's the best deal I've seen on tungsten oh, yeah. jigs. Tungsten, Scandia tungsten jigs for a buck. Yep. And then and I think it was then, three for $5. Three for five on some of the other bins, but that one there, it was uh, the Pelkies, I think it was, or a, a whole mix of jigs that Jim yeah. had from. Three for five on some of the others, and then and then the big yeah, great of a deal on uh, bait pucks, and yep. there were he had a ton of oh. deals on uh, rods for ten bucks. You know, some nice ultralights and some medium weights, different lengths from eighteen to thirty six inches. He had. Mm-hmm. There's a great uh, selection of 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 lead jigs too. Yeah, I mean thousands of different colors, literally. I mean it was insane. I, I was like, holy cow. You know, like and a lot old, of people have been discounting. Mm-hmm. They've been discounting the lead jigs because, oh, now I got tungsten. Well, you know, in yeah. the early season, uh, like Jake was talking about in the last episode, if you got a long rod and you're not reeling, you're just dipping the jig in and out of the water, the difference between lead and tungsten is not noticeable if you're only going in four or five feet of water. It's not a big deal. So don't throw those lead jigs away and don't discount them when you find a great sale on them. Mm-mm. They still those, have their play, place out there. Well, those lead jigs are, you know, like you said, like by volume, tungsten is a lot denser or smaller than a lead jig of equivalent size, right? They're going to, one's going to yeah, fall. Yeah, so it's going to really be quick. heavier going down. Mm-hmm. So and that's going to pay lead... off in deep. But yeah. shallow. Well, and that too, some of the lead jigs are going to give you a different action because yep. they're going to flutter maybe a little bit more and be perform differently. Yeah, and I think uh, we were mentioning, I think we discussed that uh, basically a lot of those lead or tungsten jigs only come in a couple of shapes because mm-hmm. they're so hard to mold. Whereas the lead, you got a lot of variety left. Uh, you know, anybody can. Steph pours lead in his garage. Mm-hmm. It's great. Whenever we get scrap lead, we got a bucket in Steph's garage. We throw it in whether we're making sinkers for summer fishing or river fishing or, you know, pouring jigs. Or we were just talking about doing a little bit of walleye pouring. So there's, there's still a good case for those things out there. Now, the other thing I saw is he had them bait pucks, dirt cheap. They were two yeah. bucks a piece for an insulated bait puck. How many people know where their bait puck is? <laughs> if you do, you might want to go check and make sure it's clean. And most of those are dishwasher safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you left something in there that was gooey last year, it's either really gooey now or it's dried up and crusty. Uh, so it might be a good time to clean that out too. Uh, we've got one buddy we we 
take fishing and he goes with us about once a year and every time he opens up his bait puck there's like five giant dead flies in it <laughs> because he left five spikes in there when he put his coat away last year but uh you know it's one of those things guys preparation we're waiting for ice so let's do a little prep get some things ready and if you got the itch to go down to the bait shop like i was telling the guys in the seminar and you see some ice line and you don't have a couple of extra spare spools as long as it's reasonable it's ice mono and it's the pounds you like you know wow. two three four somewhere in there get it put well, it in I, a paper bag and, keep it out of light it'll keep for five six years as long and, as it's out of light in particular this year if you can even find ice line buy it <laughs> Because there's still a lot of it out there that hasn't made it to the States yet because it's stuck on a boat somewhere. Yeah, it could be out in the middle of the ocean. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you might want to stock up and, uh, you know, get it for your friends. It's it's quite the deal. So, hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to get a fresh beer. And when we come back, we're going to have some more topics to talk about. And hopefully, maybe we can hold a little prayer meeting and get some ice to come i'm Chaz, and he's stuff we're the ice guys we'll be right back hey guys Chaz here from the mi ice guys i want to talk to you about k and e stopper lures especially the scandia line of tungsten jigs i've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year the new colors are awesome check them out Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. Pick up a Scandia lure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Guys, and we're back. Got a fresh beer and uh, chatted up a little bit about uh, Steph's buddy Corey up in Munising Way, up in the UP. And we yeah. were checking to see what he was doing and Steph popped over and checked out his Facebook page and he's been on the ice for like a week. Yeah. That's a uh, Corey Merriman outdoors there. And he's got that quad camera from Aquaview and he's got it. Obviously it's a camera that faces four directions, right? So he's got bluegills and crappie coming in and the, hitting his jigs and it really gets you in the mood to get out there and get fishing man it's just gives oh, you that yeah. itch something it it's not helpful watching it <laughs> i taught i was uh out on a michigan sportsman's forum and mm -hmm. there's a couple of guys from the up that are talking that the their inland lakes uh they're getting out there they're not out with the snow machines yet but they're they're walking on water and they're getting fish and enjoying that early ice fishing mm -hmm. and stuff and yeah, we've talked about it, and I, I hope we can put it together this year, Steph, and uh, that you and Dale and I can head up north and hook up with Corey and get out fishing up there around Munising, maybe even out on the bay. Yeah, we tried the bay last year. It just never never came to fruition for us. But Yeah, the winds were wrong last year for it. Yeah, because it can be really fun out there, catching perch and splake. And that towards the end of season, he can get into some of the the lingcod or what else do you call them? I don't know. We looked those up once, but 
Doesn't he even get some Lakers that come in once in a while? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lake Trout and Steelhead. Yeah. So last year we took our adventure to Minnesota. This year we think we're going to the UP mm-hmm. and uh, spend us a few days up there enjoying uh, just fishing for a week. Uh, it was great last year to do it. it. Steph and I, every morning we got up, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to eat breakfast, go fishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that was that was a great vacation. I really enjoyed it. And we got to hook up with a friend that he retired and moved back to Minnesota. So he was hosting us at his house or his lake house that he and his son uh, bought. And we, we had a wonderful time. And that was during that dry spell when uh, the governor didn't let us go to bars in Michigan. So we had to go to another state. (laughs) Yeah. The second we hit Wisconsin, it was like, Hey, the bars are open here. (laughs) We can get food and a beer (laughs) at a bar. It's like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And then we finished, rolled, rolled the rest of the way to Minnesota that night. Yeah, we had a we had an absolutely wonderful trip. And if mm-hmm. you guys want to hear more about that, we got that highlighted in last season. Mm-hmm. And you know that there are episodes of the Steph and I talking about ice fishing. Put it back to 2012. And we try and put out, you know, a number of episodes every winter about it. And give you tips and tricks and what's new, what's going on, what new equipment have we seen? And this Aquaview cat quad, there's just another toy that's out there. Mm-hmm. Last year, we spent a lot of time talking about Steph's live scope. Yeah. And uh, we talked a, a fair amount about in previous years about how Steph has set up his two up quad for ice fishing. He's got a special box built on the front He's got the back rigged up so he can hold some extra buckets. He's got the seat on there that that I can squeeze on behind him, and that quad (laughs) handles the both of us, no problem. And then last year, I upgraded and got a side-by-side. And so we were really going to town with that, and that really paid off on those big, big waters out in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got a few days in on Houghton Lake, which we're looking forward to again this year to really be out there and cover a lot of water with a, a, a machine that's really equipped for it. Yeah. And Cadillac and Mitchell too. Cadillac and Mitchell. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. waters that nice. They're a little big to walk. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've customized our gear to be ready to do that stuff, whether it's holding stuff in or I've added some power ports on the side-by-side so we can charge our phones and GPSs and different things on there and stuff. But we also thought that we'd talk about just some of the simple items that you might want in your pocket when you go out on the ice. Now, the first thing that, you know, Steph mentioned, a good pair of little nips. Mm-hmm. Um, now, everybody's seen the little cheap scissors, okay, or the the fingernail clippers and everybody's used those. Yeah. But you know, there's also out there a couple of these ones that have built in retractors and I'm a big fan of having things on the retractor so that you can clip them off to your suit and you always know exactly where it's going to fly back to. And it's always in the same place to grab it. Yep. Uh, you know, Steph quite often, he'll put the nail clipper, eyelet cleaner and stuff on a lanyard and around that- his neck. That little hookout tool, that little stick, that yeah. comes in handy too. 
I want to swallow it. Yep. Forceps. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, a little six inch pair of forceps is like to die for when (laughs) they swallow it all the way down. Because, you know, if you go pulling on it with just the line, you might have a a jig down in that fish. Now you got to remember which fish when you clean the fish to get the jig out of. So uh, that's a real handy thing. And you got that big pair for crappies when they're down in the hole. What yep. what is that unit? It's like twelve inches or something. Yeah, I bought a, a couple set of those twelve uh, inch sponge clamps. They call them. Mm-hmm. It's for a medical procedure of something I probably don't want to know, <laughs> uh, but they're big, long ones, and they're good for bass or crappie nope. to get in there and grab them. Past you don't the want paper lips. You, you don't want to lift them with that two pound test because you know your stuff's going to break. So you you get them up into the hole there. And a lot of times they come up with their mouth open right there and you slip right in there with those things and you clamp on them with that and they're not letting go. <laughs> oh, that and pike. I mean, oh yeah. Yep. Occasional uh, bass. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a tough man, but I don't reach my thumb into a pike's mouth. Mm-mm. I'm smarter than that. Um, another thing that I like to carry is just a little emery board nail file. You know, us guys, when your hands get dried out in the winter, you get all these little snags around your fingers and stuff. And that catches that two-pound line all over the place. And now you feel like you're dealing with a spider web because it's just snagging on everything. That little emery board, you can just clean up any snag on your hands, a dry skin that's sticking up, making a burr or whatever. And you can use it to put a quick sharpen on a hook, too. Mm-hmm. it's just a handy and i mean the dollar store you get a pack of six for a dollar or some silly stuff like that but just throw that in the pocket of your suit now the other one stuff mentioned was a roll of black tape just electrical tape mm-hmm. you don't need the fancy expensive gorilla stuff just cheap black electrical tape you get a a handle that's starting to come loose on a reel throw a couple laps of tape around it you know, whatever the situation is, something breaks, you just put a little tape on it. And it'll get you through. Save it'll your get day. you through. <laughs> so you can keep fishing and keep enjoying and stuff. Uh, some other things to put in there in your pockets. You know, we all probably throw a couple of those hand warmers in there. Before you open them up and activate them, I, I, those leg pockets on my bibs. I'll throw a couple extra of those in there with the extra jigs and things like that. Uh, now, our friend Chad Schaub, he always uh, makes sure he gets extra napkins at uh, McDonald's in the morning, puts those in his pocket, because he might get a call of nature. <laughs> and uh, if you guys ever meet Chad Schaub, you're going to want to ask him about his call of nature in at the practice in Latvia. Uh, I guess a dog motivated him along a little bit. And we'll leave the story (laughs) at that until Chad's with us to tell the Uh story. But, you know, just some simple things like that. If you keep them in there, Steph and I are both known to throw some uh, power bars or granola bars in our pocket just Mm -hmm. to have a quick snack out there. And uh, one year, I don't know, Steph loves Costco. and Steph went to Costco and he bought these bags of nuts mixed little nuts and seeds and stuff like that and he threw me a bag of those boy i was sitting there eating munching away on those when the Mm -hmm. fish 
weren't biting. A lot of times you start eating and the fish start biting. It's like, it never fails. Never fails. I start, you get I start cooking in the boat and, and we get a steelhead on or a salmon. The fish start biting. It's like, turn the grill down, you know, and yeah. land the fish and then fire it back up, finish cooking lunch, you know, or whatever. But it's a good time. It's good to have something to munch on out there. Now, another thing that I put in my pocket, there's some of these little uh, compact screwdrivers that and Steph gave me one that he it was a promotional thing from his old company that had a number of bits in it but they were fairly small bits yeah and we had the occasion when we were in Minnesota to pull one of those out we needed the Phillips because a, a Phillips head was coming loose on a reel and the last thing you want is pieces of reel scattered all over the ice because you're never going to find them all or get them all back together <laughs> But if you've got that little screwdriver of some sort hidden in the pocket on your suit, you can just tighten that up, tweak that up real quick out there on the ice. You know, there's probably four or five other dozen things that you can carry out there. I know I carry the little gear wrench for the nut on my auger blades. If your auger takes a Phillips head, like some of them do, I'd recommend one of them little stubby screwdrivers. Whether you put that in your pocket or you put that in your rod bag or in your bucket, in your bucket, have it mm-hmm. along. You know, you just kind of look at what tools are you going to need to maintain your stuff when you're out there on the ice, <laughs> or so maintain, that you don't have to call it a day, or fix somebody else's stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you be that savior guy. <laughs> I know that the guys mm-hmm. all looked at me uh, kind of funny when we would travel overseas because I had a backpack and my pockets full of tools and tape and I had a sewing kit and all these things. And we would go out as a team, all 16 of us out on the ice. And we didn't, we, the bus dropped us off in the morning. The bus picked us up at night. We didn't have any option of going anywhere else. Mm-mm. So I ended up being the tool guy. And but you also you also had all the lunches and the waters. Yeah, I was Sherpa <laughs> as well. But Steph and I got uh, you know, we were taking mm-hmm. care of business, taking care of the team. And a lot of the guys at first they were like going, Oh yeah, well, you guys aren't fishing. But I'll tell you, the team members, they wouldn't have known where to be without us carrying the stuff and picking up some of that tech support for them. Mm-hmm. to make the whole team able to do their jobs and and you know five of the guys it's their jobs to get down and stick their head in an ice hole and catch some fish the rest of us are there to support them and function as a team yeah so exactly. that we can you know do good and represent the usa uh we did i think get final word that we're probably not traveling this spring uh, but we're going to, Steph and I have been talking about ways that maybe we'll get some of the guys together and have a fishing weekend somewhere, probably in Northern Michigan. And, uh, you know, we'll probably let people know about that. So if you want to learn more about the world style ice fishing, we've had a number of people over the years, join us for these little sessions. And one of the guys that joined us for these little sessions made the team, our buddy, Keith. He's turned into quite the rock star. So 
there's always an opportunity to learn. And when you gather with other fishermen, there's an awesome opportunity to learn because everybody knows a little trick or a tip. It's going to be really, really cool. Well, we're going to take another quick short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about an idea that we have for getting together on the ice with you guys. So I'm Chaz. He's Steph. We're going to be right back. Going to freshen our drinks and uh, bring you back some more of this ice knowledge. Guys, when you're out on the ice, do you protect your eyes? Liam I Ice Guys have partnered with Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Made in America, made by hand. The thinnest glass technology for sunglasses. 100% UV protection. We love our Costas so much, we took them to Finland to the world's. They allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before, protected our eyes in the blowing snow, and kept us looking good on the ice. Made in America, Costa Del Mar sunglasses. Get them online, get them at a local retailer near you. Remember, tell them the MI Ice Guys sent you in. You need the best. Well, over that break, we got a little extra knowledge that mm-hmm. we're going to share on the air with you, but Steph really wants to catch a burbot this year. And Hell yeah. Uh, we determined that's what we were confusing the name of Link Cod, but after uh, learning way more than we wanted to know on Wikipedia, we determined that Link Cod are saltwater and burbot are freshwater. So in Munising Bay, it's going to be bourbon. Yep. And we've had a number of people tell us it tastes just like lobster. So uh, it's on our bucket list of being able to go catch some burbot. And uh, Steph has some other things he learned on Wikipedia. And if you go to Wikipedia, you'll probably <laughs> figure out what that is hey. uh, up there. But one of the things we wanted to talk about in this segment was if we're going to be positive, we're going to say when we get ice. Uh, we're going to find a couple of lakes here in uh, Michigan where there's going to be ample parking. Uh, it's going to be an easy-to-find public lake that you're going to be able to come out and join us on the ice. And our goal on those days is to visit with as many of you as possible and help you catch more fish. Whether it's Steph showing you the live scope or one of us retying knots and helping you with things or, uh, you know, just working on your jig pattern or helping you learn how to read your flasher better, whatever your individual needs are and whatever we can help you with. Sometimes you got to just talk them through like when they're jigging, you know, to to slow down and slowly take it away. And sometimes I punch two holes right side by side. So, they can see what I'm talking about so they can duplicate what I'm doing and, and see what's triggering the fish, you know, just a lot of people have fish finders or flashers and they just, Oh, we got fish here. We got some suspended marks and they drop right down into the middle of the marks and start jigging. And I'm like, you can do that. Yep. But you want to start up 10 feet above them and work your way down to them jigging. Cause you're going to get those aggressive and a lot of times bigger ones are going to slide up and hit your lure first. Now, sometimes the little bait stealers, yeah, they'll slide up there and hit it too, but I find that the more aggressive, bigger fish will come up there and hit. 
And sometimes it's the opposite where you got to drop down through that first bunch of fish and target the ones closer to the bottom because they might be the better size. So it, situations can vary. Yeah. And we were uh, chatting with one gentleman over the weekend and he was asking about a particular thing. And he says, what does it mean when your jig seems to go past the bottom on your flasher? And that was a really great question. So we were explaining that quite often your flasher is going to see a hard thermocline mm -hmm. where it's just a big temperature break in the water. And it's going to reflect the sonar back like it's a hard bottom. But you know full well your jig went another 20 feet past that. Now, some of the more expensive flashers can filter that out, can see that it's just a, a false line and things like that. But, I mean, Steph and I have seen them where they the, we've got top-of-the-line units and they fool us. Yeah, you get a hard break or hard thermal claim. It can give you that false bottom. And I was and, telling and, the story that when I was scuba diving under the ice, you can actually see those thermoclines. It's mm -hmm. like shimmery water, you know, or 25 feet down. And you feel yourself going through it because of the temperature change, unless you're wearing your dry suit. And you go down through it, but you can see it, and you can see how the density of that water is greater. So it is going to reflect some sonar. Mm -hmm. but things like that you know when you see them out on the ice we want to help you with that and we shared that with one of our sponsors and he said here's a box of stuff he says i want you to give this stuff to those people that you're helping out there on the ice so we've got stuff we got some jigs we got some other things that we're going to share with you and uh, we are working very hard to get a line sponsor because I was sharing with him and with Steph that every year I find some poor guy out there that's got the curly Chinese line that, you know, 40 pound test that came on his reel. And he's wondering why he can't get his lead jig down. Uh, I want to be able to upgrade people on the ice with some line. So I'm going to probably be carrying some line to help the the hard cases and we want to get you fishing and especially i mean we all have a soft spot for fishing with kids and we love to teach the kids uh steph's done a number of seminars with the dnr uh, we do our ice day with the boy scouts every year and it seems like when we're out on the ice and we see the kids with a parent out there it's like uh you guys Come all said you need anything, yeah. we'll hook mm -hmm. you up. We'll show you how to catch them. Uh, you know, we want that next generation fishing as well. Uh, it's just one of the coolest things because our dads and grandfathers taught us. And uh, we may not be dads or grandfathers, but we look like burly old men. So <laughs> I guess that counts for something. And yeah, nobody's come knocking on the door. Yeah, we haven't got a Father's Day card yet. <laughs> Uh, but you know, we, we have a lot of fun with our ice fishing and we mm -hmm. have a lot of fun talking about ice fishing. So you can see the pictures of us there on miiceguys.com and, uh, you'll recognize us because most of the time we get those big red, white, and blue suits on. 
And uh, we did get news that we are getting new suits coming in fairly soon. Uh, so we'll make sure we get pictures when we get the suits and get on mm-hmm. new lights. And we'll get out there. Everybody we talk to asks us, when's the ice coming? When's the ice coming? So I guess our, our in closing, our advice is, yeah, keep keep your ear to the ground about and calling your friends up north to see if they got some mm-hmm. ice. Uh, Steph and I have already talked about taking some long weekends and heading north if we have to to find ice just so we can get scratch that itch of ice fishing. Uh, one of my uh, good buddies, Dave A., he was like, hey, you want to split a thousand spikes? I'm like, yeah, I'll split a thousand spikes <laughs> with you. And I, I told him the, last night when I saw him, I says, I haven't ordered them yet because I haven't seen any ice. He says, probably a good choice. <laughs> so we're going to get them when the ice comes and we want to be prepared. So whether it's getting that sled out and doing a little maintenance on it, maybe it's tying up that rescue rope that we've talked about a number of times with a mm-hmm. couple of carabiners on it. Early ice is not the safest thing out there. So maybe hooking uh, one of your throwable boat cushions on it for those first few trips is a smart thing to do. But or if you don't have a floating suit, put a life jacket on. Yeah. Do a little preparation. Do a little. Oh, thought. yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a buddy with you those first few times. Do not go alone. Uh, it, they can help save your life. They can also help when you forget your wallet and they'll buy you a beer. Uh, but it's just smart to take somebody with you. We want to meet you at our next conferences. We did get uh, confirmation that we will be presenting at Hunting Time Expo in Grand Rapids at the Delta Plex coming up, I believe, in February. Uh, when we get exact dates and times for that, we will share them with you, uh, at least on miiceguys.com. Steph might even put them out on Facebook. We'll have to see what happens. But otherwise, we're like you guys, and we're going to wish you happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all I want for Christmas is walkable ice. (laughs) To walk on water. (laughs) So I'm Chaz. I'm Steph. We're the MI Ice Guys, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Guys, be sure to check out miiceguys.com. Not only do we have our past episodes available for download, but we also have some recipes, our ice map, and some great product reviews, as well as some tips and tricks that you might be interested in. You can also follow us on Facebook, but remember, the source is miiceguys.com.